It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's awesome to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. Last time we talked products for ultra pampered pooches with Prince's Trust Ambassador, Simone Taylor, including how she's grown her business to 1000 monthly orders in just one year. You can join the chat about that episode and anything else at e-commerce in the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group that you'll find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Let's introduce you though to today's special guest. Jacinth Bassett is the founder of The Bias Cut, the first online premium fashion boutique that truly celebrates style at every age. They launched the blog in July 2015 and the retail side in March 2016 and are now growing at 100% year on year. Hi Jacinth. Hi Chloe, thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you here. I've just given our listeners a very short intro about you and your business but how did you get started out in e-commerce? So um, in a slightly unconventional route, um, I had just graduated from studying law at university and I'd had this idea, having realised I didn't want to become a lawyer anymore, um, where I used to go shopping a lot with my mum. We've got a very close relationship and we both love fashion and style, but um we would realise that she didn't really have many things that really appealed to her in terms of um, cuts of clothing and the imagery maybe online was always tailored for younger women and she felt even quite embarrassed sometimes going into the nicer shops. So that was really where the seed sort of was grown from uh, with wanting to start an e-commerce site that offered women over... 45 in particular a space where they could feel just as empowered and good about themselves as women who are younger um so that's really where it came about and um I started developing it and did a lot of research based with lots of women who felt very similar and that's really where it came from oh so literally it was just a problem that you and your mum had and you researched 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 and it was like yes I need to do this there's there's space yeah I mean I think it helps I, I knew for somebody who wasn't in the fashion industry, I had a very thorough understanding of it. Obviously, I have found more and more since I've been working in it, but I still had a pretty good understanding at the time. So that helped that side of it. But other than that, I had very little experience in retail generally. Wow. And so um, I mentioned in the intro that you started off with a blog before yeah. you did the e-commerce site. Was that whilst you were still working out the plans as something to do as a bit of research or was it kind of strategic? Yeah, so it was it was quite strategic. So the idea was um, to, it was still called the bias cut at the time. And it was a way for me to start building a following and getting um, the dialogue going. We could, um, for example, test out designer brands that we were interested in um, selling eventually when we started up the, the boutique so we could see about the response there and also there was a lot of discussion on there and um, tips and things like that and it was also a really good way for me to start integrating myself into that market generally because I got to know quite a lot of the bloggers um, in that area quite well through that. 
Oh, okay, I, so it was both about networking yeah. for the future as well as finding out more about the customer. Exactly. So it was it was a real sort of strategic move to really put my um, sort of wing, wiggle my way in. And actually, I had some brands come up come to me um, about six months later asking to work with me, and I said, oh, "I can't do that because I'm actually look, about to launch the boutique." Because <laughs> um, I because I kept that side, you know, a bit on the down low. But the other thing that was really good was. Um, getting a response because I'm 25 one of my biggest concerns was whether women um, particularly older would really like the fact that I was younger mm-hmm. um, so I was quite behind the scenes in that aspect I was never you know false or anything but I kept my own sort of take and stamp on things a bit more um, hidden um, but I actually found more and more women were saying how much they loved the fact I was younger um, so that was a really good learning curve um, so it meant by the time I could launch the boutique itself um, I could kind of put myself at the forefront of all of it so that was something that came out of it that I almost wasn't expecting really you could just be honest and get on with it rather than yeah yeah which is always always nice to know (laughs) yeah well exactly and and actually you know it's become quite a big selling point that I'm younger because our customers say that they feel we've got more of a modern approach and it's not as patronizing or um if we've got fresh you know more of a fresh style and everything's really contemporary and my rule is basically if I wouldn't want to wear the pieces why should somebody older want to wear it and that's really why it becomes all ages so um it's actually helped really boost our appeal to people so the um the product, why did you choose to go down the route of being a boutique rather than designing your own, given this, given you entered into this with a marketplace that you're like, yeah. this is really badly served. Sure. How did you know there'd be enough product out there designed by other people to fill your store? I suppose is what I'm asking. Yeah. Well, um, well, first of all, one of the reasons I didn't want to design my own pieces uh, was because I didn't have experience in that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, but, but it is, always been the goal to introduce our own line uh, eventually and actually we're looking at doing that this year now so so that has always been there but I also wanted to bring in other labels for kind of a few different reasons first I did know the pieces were out there because from my own experience with work with my mum and other women I have found pieces for them it's just takes a lot of time and energy and um, trawling through lots of things and that's why a lot of them get put off is they just don't want to even put in the energy and it just is off putting mm-hmm. so there was that aspect um and also what I have done is with the clothes that um we we sell I often work closely with the designers anyway to sort of adjust maybe some sizing to make sure they work oh, okay. for all ages so there's that and then the other thing is is um with the the market as you get older it's it's a hard market to target because it's not as trend driven um, women become um, more sort of individualistic. They, they have different aesthetics and tastes. Mm-hmm. And I felt if I just had my own label, I would only be catering to one specific aesthetic. Whereas by having a, a group of different labels, we could hopefully appeal to a wider range of women in that way. Oh, that's really clever. Yeah. So, um, so then, and then the idea is you can mix and match the pieces or, you know, some people just prefer one designer that we sell other people try the different ones out or they might come to us because of the designer they know, but then they'll see, Oh, that's, that's different. I'll try that as well. So that was really where it came from. But as I say, it's always, I've always wanted to introduce our own label eventually. And exciting is that it's looking like it's probably going to start happening this year. So that's good. And, um, that own label you're going to create, is that, 
going to be, I guess, actually, I'm not going to second guess you. I'm just going to ask the question. Is that, or how are you going to decide what that looks like without alienating any of your individualistic customers? So what we've, we've already done some surveys to find out more about what's missing. And we, we have a very close relationship with our customers generally. So we have actually a forum called Ageism is Never on Style on Facebook, which has got over a thousand members in it. So we can have um, polls and questions and get to know more about their taste and what they're looking for. And also I actually have such a relationship with some of our customers, they ring us up and have a bit of a chat with us as well. <laughs> um, so that's always nice. And um, you know, we're we're able to really look at the trends of what our clothing, what clothing sells from us. Um, so we can base it around that whilst also putting our own spin on things. Um, and now that they, we have more of an understanding of how manufacturing works as well, it, we can use those routes to make sure we have the right pieces. So we're actually looking at starting with knitwear because we know how well that goes down with our customers. Mm-hmm. So that, again, will hopefully mean that we don't alienate them. It will just give them another offering of what they're looking for. So it's a mix of jumping on what you know sells, but also yeah. identifying what's completely missing. Exactly. And our own, so, I mean, I generally have quite a, um, I, I'm quite often complimented for my taste generally. Um, and I'm quite creative myself. I, I can't necessarily design and make a garment, but I'm pretty creative. So I, I have a good idea of what our label will look like, really. Got you. And uh, clearly, if you didn't have a good eye for taste and style, the business wouldn't be going anywhere because that's, no. that's kind of the, the critical factor with any yeah. boutique proposition is exactly. the eye of the owner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, it's, it's been rather, I've been quite flattered that I've had several buyers who've done it for years ask me, are you sure you've not had any buying experience? Because <laughs> you somehow managed to always fit the right pieces. Um, so, I mean, one of the things is, is from a young age, I've been known amongst friends and whatnot as a bit of a fashionista anyway, um, but still having my own personal sense of style rather than being um, really trend-driven. So actually, in a way, my style fits quite well with the market we're going for in that way. And um, it means that, yeah, we can pick out those more interesting pieces. But yeah, if we didn't pick the right stuff, that definitely wouldn't work. And I think that's what comes down to is really the product is ultimately has to be good. You can do everything else, but if you don't have the stuff, then that doesn't really matter. Oh, so true. Um, just to check one thing off, uh, you mentioned the Facebook forum. I assume that's a Facebook group, not a Facebook page. Yeah, so it's actually it is a page and a group, so they're integrated. So um, for people who want to ask more personal questions, they can get on the group. And then on the page, we share more articles and whatnot for people who just want to understand more about the industry and the ages issues going on. Excellent. I can just see a couple of our listeners going, Facebook forums. I've not heard of Facebook forums. What's a Facebook yes. forum? I'm like, so, yeah, let's just... Okay. That is, that's what we call it. But it's because yeah. I think I looked at, we did look at, because the editorial content generally for us is a big thing because I, I still write the blog and we also have a lot of guest writers on our blog and I really wanted to create that community side. Mm-hmm. So I did look at starting a forum on the website itself, but through understanding more about the, how it's working these days, it seems Facebook is really where those are best. They thrive the best these days. So that's why we created it on Facebook instead. Excellent. Now I just want to, tick off a couple of other boxes about the business as it is now. Um, You're in the UK. Are you selling globally or just in the UK? 
Yeah, we're selling globally. So we have quite a lot of customers in the US in particular. Um, and also because some of our brands are European, we have quite a lot of European customers as well. But obviously our core is in the UK. And for now, our marketing strategy is focusing on the UK. Okay. And what platform are you on? Are you a Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce or something else? Uh, Shopify. Shopify. Excellent. So if you're on Shopify, you must have some widgets or plugins that make your life marvellous. Are there <laughs> yeah. any you'd be up for recommending? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what I would say, first of all, is I, I still use the relatively lower, one of the lower plans, just because I worked out financially, it still made more sense to do that and add widgets than go all into the other things. So um, what I would say is Yopto Reviews has been fantastic for us. Um, definitely having a review section is really good because it's built for us. Trust is a really important, I think for anyone with e-commerce, it's really important to build trust with your customer. You know, people can get very skeptic of some random person behind the screen taking your money. So reviews are really important. Um, And the other thing we wanted to do, we have a, we have an app with power tools that we really like because it gives us a lot more options with filter menus um, because one of our aspects is being able to find the stuff you're looking for really quickly. I mean, you can even filter by your body shape. It made sense that we could have a lot of different off different sections you could filter things by. So we introduced that. And the other thing is we have aftership returns, which I think Shopify doesn't really deal with returns particularly well. Um, you have to, from from what I understand until recent, well, as far as I know, from everything I've looked at, you just have to basically send an email to the to the brand, uh, the retailer, to say I want to return something. And we felt that didn't really um, cater very well to our customers who want to get a bit more of an auto- automatic response. Mm-hmm. So aftership returns has been really good for that, and it's actually free. We did have another one which you had to pay for, but now that one's been introduced and then we have a lot of other you know little things here and there that help us like with um tabs and having a bit bit more of a nice display on our website um but generally speaking they're the main ones that we find pretty um helpful excellent and you're saying we so i'm assuming it's more than just you these days who's who's in your team yeah there's two of us um in the team um and then we have other people who help us um you know um I kind of they're kind of like our extended family in the sense with the, with the stylist and our photographer and our makeup artists and we we always work with the same people so that's um but yeah the core group of us is two of us so we're still pretty small and are you doing the marketing in-house or have you outsourced elements of that yeah we do everything in-house um from from work go I pretty much built well I did everything built everything from scratch myself um the only thing is the read the imagery that we do out of house. Um, but other than that, it's all done in-house. I think particularly at this stage, our our core message, because it's got that personal side to it, it's not as easy maybe to convey via other by using a PR firm. We have looked at doing PR, but it's not been quite right for us at the moment. And actually I'm very lucky to have three fantastic um advisors two of which know, well, one of them works in a big PR firm and one of them knows about, does a lot of PR. And even they've said, I think at the moment, it's best for you to stay um, in-house because you can get that personal touch across more. And you've got some great press coverage on the website, so... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been through a lot of hard grafting, (laughs) let me put it that way. I mean, 
we, I started with about £7,000. So it was very on a shoestring. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it has been through people being very kind to us, actually, because they, they love the story. They love the pieces. They love who we're going for about celebrating all ages. So a lot of people have actually offered us press for free. And um, also a lot of the other coverage has just come from, as I say, a lot of hustling. <laughs> doesn't it always though yeah uh, exactly you know you have to put the, the work in I mean the way we got into the Guardian we went to a dinner and there was about 30 people there all fighting to get into the Guardian so there was a lot of hustling there but um it was yeah it, I think you have to I, I always say that, that you can do a lot with very little I think you don't need a huge huge amount of money uh, certainly to get off the ground um if people really like you and you're offering something that's sincere and has integrity then um, people are willing to help. And one last question on your team. Um, The pick, pack, dispatch element of things, are you doing that yourselves or have you outsourced that? No, we will do that ourselves as well because uh, at the moment we like to have a little personal touch so everything comes with a little free gift and a little note as well. So um, our customer service has was always really highly rated as well which is really nice. So we're, we're we're keeping it in house for as long as we can really. And what do you think is the most awesome thing about the bias cut right now? Um, well, obviously, the fact that we're looking to launch our own label is pretty exciting. Um, that's that would be a, is a dream come true. Um, I think also just the fact that we're really gaining momentum. When I first had the idea, it would have been back in about 2012, I think it was. And back then, this idea of celebrating style all ages, certainly, you know, the ending ageism in the fashion industry wasn't really spoken about a lot. And actually, when we did a lot of market research, we found women who were older couldn't really see past what they had understood, you know, that youth was beauty, really. So what's really nice is that we're gaining momentum at a time where more and more women are talking about it now. And there's, um, you know, from fabulous models, Nicola Griffiths on the cover of Sports Illustrated, things like that, that are causing more women to really realise that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still be stylish, you can still look fabulous. And so that that's really what's exciting for us. That And that people are noticing that we have been doing this for a, a while as well and that we do really care about this matter. Excellent, excellent answers and really good things to be excited about, I think. Um, you mentioned you're building momentum. What, what would you attribute that to? Is there a particular marketing method you're using that's just really blowing things out of the water or is it just the, the continuous plugging away at it all? Yeah, I mean, I think our content-driven aspect has really contributed to our growth. The fact that we have, um, you know, both the Facebook page with um, ageism and also we have a lot of, as I say, guest writers. Um, We have people who even be like university lecturers in psychology who discuss issues about ageing and how you look and things like that. And what's nice is that obviously they'll share that. It gets a lot of um, shares elsewhere. And I'm a member of a lot of groups on Facebook um, of women. (laughs) It's quite funny. I'm... Uh, they they all know that at my age, but these are generally groups when we were over 40. <laughs> they, all, they all love me and that sort of take me under their wing. And um, so I've got a lot of sort of really good friends through that. Um, so we all share each other's um, pieces, make sure that we get a lot of exposure. 
And then um, also doing collaborations generally with other brands has been really good for us. So, um, you know, doing collaborations with makeup brands or skincare brands who have already got a market who are a bit bigger than us has really helped give us more support and growth really. And we're looking at doing more of that and also working with those um, those women who I've bonded with really from the very beginning with the blog who are now big bloggers. Working with them has been really good. I like the fact that kind of the two key things you talked about there, the guest writers and the collaborations, both of them are with businesses doing something quite different or yes, people absolutely. doing something quite different. It's not just fashion, 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 fashion. It's you've no. gone wider than that. Yeah, I mean, what we look at is we look for brands that um, share our essential values. So one of the things, for example, with makeup will be we don't like the term anti-aging. We prefer pro-age. So we'll look at working with brands that believe in that as well. Um, but they will never conflict with us in terms of, you know, crossover potential of market or anything. They're just complementary. So, you know, you'll want makeup, you'll want clothes, um, rather than sort of a choice of one or the other. And also the thing is that with style, as we say, it's it's not just about what you're wearing, it's about a general confidence in carrying yourself in a way that makes you feel um, you know, visible. A lot of women say as they get older, they feel invisible. So, and our hashtag is no woman is invisible. So any brands that really support that ethos are good for us to work with. And how have you gone about finding those brands to collaborate with? Is it just lucky chance or have you kind of actively hunted them down? Yeah, I've, I've actively hunted them again, more hustling. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done a lot of um looking them up I've done a lot of research with them um I also go to a lot of networking events and dinners um one of the ones I really like in London is Table Crowd and I love Table Crowd I was lucky enough to speak there a year or so ago yeah they're brilliant and what's really good is you know you'll get people there who have a similar mindset um who are all enthusiastic but it won't necessarily be on fashion if it's they are going to a all women's talk next week so there'll be women there who have other businesses but it doesn't mean you know we can't start looking at relationships or building something up there and then also you know there might be word of mouth someone might say to us oh i know this person let me put you in touch but but generally speaking i we have a a pretty long list of um, brands that we are interested in and uh, we kind of keep an eye on them and then we'll reach out to them when we're ready to potentially work with them. Got you. And then it's just a case of getting to know them and seeing if something clicks and... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's what we'll do is we'll have a a look particularly at how they present themselves maybe online um, and have a think about does this match our ethos and our message and then we'll maybe speak to them over the phone meet up for a coffee um, sometimes you click sometimes you don't but generally speaking it works well and something that works well for us at the beginning is we often share content so because we'll maybe both have a blog we'll start off by maybe writing something for each other and then that might then progress into doing an offer for each other's customers and then we'll go from there so it kind of just helps it grows quite organically working together, but checking out at every point, is this still working for our market? Yeah, I see a lot of people think when they're going to do a JV or a collaboration, sorry, JV stands for joint venture. Um, yeah. For those for those listening who are going, oh God, there she goes again. Um, 
So people who are trying to do that, they almost like send a cold email going, hello, can I insert 10,000 leaflets in your parcels and you could do the same for me? It's like, you don't go in cold with that. No, no, exactly. I mean, I always just like to tell them the story really, um, you know, about myself, about where it comes from. What's really nice is um, majority of the time people, you know, they look at the website, they love what it is, they, they, they see our vision and how it's different. Um, and also, you know, we'll look at how working together m- makes a difference. You know, some people, it will work with doing an offer. Others might be more doing an event even together. So we actually still do. Um, I started with events quite at the beginning to really build a bit more of a following because it is hard to get traction online at the beginning. Um, so I actually used my legal contacts and went into the law firms and the banks and did events there. And uh, we still do events and we'll look at working with other people like complimentary brands or even milliners or makeup artists themselves and do events with them so it depends on what they're offering you, you shouldn't really just go let's send out leaflets because also I don't know I don't know if many people really like getting leaflets in their orders these days <laughs> I think lots of junk doesn't really do much so it's got to feel um as they authentic really oh if you haven't tried it you should you should try the leaflets in orders because it has a huge response rate yeah, well, we're, we're looking at going into that. But it, again, it's about choosing the right people for yeah. that rather than just kind of cold plugs, really, I feel. it's um, There's got to be a good fit, hasn't there? Yeah, it's got to be a good fit for us. I'd rather, I'm would rather i all about quality, not quantity, and um, maintaining our values. And I don't want to just sort of spread out loads of stuff that doesn't really make sense for that customer you're not going to be buying space in the amazon parcels anytime soon then no (laughs) (laughs) well that's the other thing is i I also need to make sure that the brand doesn't conflict as i say there's no i'm very careful with working out if there's any potential overlap of competition as well so yeah Cool. Well, look, it's time we go into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Jacinth, are you ready? Yes. Marvellous. Okay, the book top tip is first up. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I never, this is going to sound a bit basic, but I really at any stage would recommend reading the Financial Times's um, business plan book, not necessarily to write your business plan, but what it does is it gets you to think about a business in a completely different way, particularly when it comes to competition. Something I notice a lot, particularly in fashion, is how a lot of businesses have not thought about what they're going to do when someone else is going to come along to compete with them. Or, you know, a bit like when Apple came along with iTunes and suddenly CDs weren't a big thing anymore. Uh, I think what it does is it, it just turns looking at your business on its head and really challenges you to it doesn't you know give answers it just challenges you to think in a different way and it's also good because it works for people at all different levels they have a lot of case studies in there for people who are are much further ahead than us um so it's something I often dip back into just to give me some sort of inspiration and thought really very cool uh next up then the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves um i definitely think collaborations is something that doesn't necessarily get i think i think it depends on as we said what collaborations are but collaborations are definitely something that needs to be 
valued more. And um, yeah, I, I think my, social media, I think is an interesting one. I think a lot of people will say social media is the best thing to do, but it depends on your market. I think with us, our, our market responds slightly different in social media. So you need to understand what to use each platform for. Um, so yeah, I definitely think um, collaborations is our best one at the moment. Excellent. Okay, the tool top tip. This might be a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, probably just having our calendars synced is something that really <laughs> Because then we can make sure that we aren't ever um, thinking the other person's free and whatnot. But we're quite traditional, I think. I don't, I don't use a lot of fancy little apps. I prefer just to email and whatnot, really, and keep things on track like that. And just having a good chart. Or, you know, I like to write a lot. We have a lot of boards in our office with keeping track on things. So that's really what's best for us. Oh, I love a nice whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000 orders per month, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, I think understanding the value of repeat customers rather than just always trying to keep um, get engaging new customers. For us, what's really boosted our sales is loyalty. Um, and particularly I mean, particularly with our age bracket when they then they buy into you and they like you they will keep buying from you and I think there's a lot of talk these days about customer acquisition and first-time buyers and you know there's all this stuff like 10% off your first order and we do do that but you should also be rewarding people for already buying from you and that's really I think where a lot of growth comes from. Excellent answers. Well, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Jacinth, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So our website is www.the-bias-cut.com. And our Instagram social, well, all our social media network um, handles are at the underscore bias underscore cut com. And then also there is our ageism is never in style page on Facebook, which if you just type that in the search, you'll come up. Excellent. Well, add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Jacinth, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You've been brilliant. Um, been really time. interesting chatting to you. So, uh, so thank you. Thank you so much. Great to hear how Jacinth is really targeting that niche marketplace, which actually if you look into the numbers of it and you do the research around the the spending ability of the older lady and how underserved they are, there is a huge, it's a huge niche, huge potential in that space. But great to hear talking about the powers of collaboration and listening to your customers and also, you know, those physical events and what they can do for making your business real and building that trust with your customers and future customers. Let me know what you think uh, by joining in the discussion in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And the virtual summit is still available to watch and registration is still free if you want to find some more marketing ideas for your business. You can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week and keep optimising. 
Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.